Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Yeah, the atmosphere was brilliant, wasn't it? It was, it was great when Thierry Henry made an appearance on the big screen and it got the reaction, didn't it, that it needed. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The GAA Football Preview on Off The Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. All right, let's get down to business. I'm delighted to say Colin Boyle is with us. Colin, good afternoon to you. How are you? Sure, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Uh, excited for the games this weekend. But before we get to that, there's the um, always present matter of GAA politics, which we all love especially when it comes to a stadium. And um, yeah. you've got a little bit of experience of being on one side or the other of this, haven't you? Yeah, bringing back a few memories, all right? Yeah, from, from 2018, obviously, Newbridge um, or nowhere. So, yeah, look, it's a, it's a tough scenario for, for the Cork footballers at the minute, especially, obviously, they're not in the, in the best place on the pitch at the minute. So to be having this, dealing with this off the pitch at the minute, obviously, fair from ideal. The parallels are, are um, you know, they're somewhat overstretched because this isn't a one-off knockout game. It's not the end of the football championship for either team if they lose it, where it's not the end of the championship for Cork when they lose it, I suppose, if we're to be accurate about it. Um, as, you know, Curiously, watching on as a neutral observer, what have you made of the whole thing? I found it. I found the whole thing a bit bizarre from the start, as in just the fact that the go or sorry, the the Cork County Board initially put these concerts on when they were going to when their county teams were going to play in championship both football and hurling. I found that nearly the most bizarre thing. Um, Cork have a decent second uh, venue in Parky Ring. It's a venue that I have played in, so I was just naturally expecting it to to go there straight away. Obviously, it is it is a small venue and whatnot, but I think that the statement this morning from the Cork footballers, um, look, I have seen a small bit of stick on online basically saying that it's their own county board's fault or whatnot, but I think the big thing is it's not the players' fault. Um, you know, if this is a home game for them, they have a decent home venue in Porky Ring. Uh, realistically, I think it can hold up on 11,000 with a bit of work. Realistically, if that game goes to Killarney, you know, is it going to get much more than 11,000 uh, with kind of the Cork football is in at the minute you know how, how many people from Cork are going to travel I think if it's a home game for Cork playing in Porky Ring and just get on with it um, I, So it, it, that would maybe be Kerry's call at this point to say we don't really care sure we're going to beat you anyway we'll, let's, go, let's go to Porky Ring lads and we'll meet you next year in Killarney so Kerry might be the ones who come in and solve this in a way? Quite possibly so no it, you know, you obviously saw last year at the Alarm semi-final, they were very obliging to, to run in, in the situation that arose there. Um, you know, will they be obliging again? It's hard to know. They, you know, they might obviously different management set up. Uh, Jack O'Connor might might stick to his guns on this and say we're we're going to Killarney or whatnot. But I look at I think the sooner this is resolved, the better. Um, for all sides concerned. Uh, like I said. A couple of years going back, if you know, twenty years ago, Cork and Kerry, this has to be a massive game. It will have to be a no-brainer that this thing has to has to be played in Killarney with the crowd. But now, with with the minutes, with the with the way Cork football is in, I think just play this game, Porky Ring. You know, make it a make it a great atmosphere in Porky Ring. Should be a full crowd. You'd expect there are close to full crowd, and it could be a good occasion. You know, and hopefully they'd be able to to give some kind of performance with that. But realistically, if this game goes to Killarney and scheduled, you know, a half empty Killarney, you know, if you're only looking at one one possible uh, outcome. You'd have to say. Is there anything in in Cork turning this into a bit of a siege mentality? Is that of benefit to the players and the Cork management team? And however it finishes, right? Maybe they have to back down and go to Clarny, but at least the Cork players see the management team are fighting for them. And is that important when you're trying to gel a team and get them together and bring them from the depths that Cork football are in at the moment? 
I think so. But, you know, it even just sends a signal to their own county board as, look, this this can't happen again. You know what I mean? That the schedule of fixtures, or sorry, the st- schedule of concerts when championship fixtures about to start, it's not good enough from, from their side of view, regardless of what money they're making off it. So I think that's the first thing. They're sending a signal out to their own county board and they're setting a stance. Look, as you said there, it might give them a bit of, you know, uh, us against them mentality, uh, us against the world mentality or whatnot, um, that they might be able to gather something from that. And if the game does go ahead in Porky Ring, let's just say it does, and they do win that that initial battle, then it might give them something to fight for, you know, when that game comes, or even a small bit of confidence going into a game, uh, which you, you'd have to say they, they look like they don't have at the minute. The week of Newbridge or Nowhere, were you guys in any way concerned about the ambush that you were walking into? Um... I wouldn't say concerned. Obviously, your your my initial thoughts of it when I heard Kildare were, were taking their heels in, and I remember actually watching Keen O'Neill on the, on the news. I think he was on the six one news that 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 night or that evening. The news was broken. My my kind of initial reaction was it. You know, you're dead right to be taking your heels in. You know, as much as I probably wanted to go to Crow Park and play the game at Crow Park, um, and you have to say, you know, did that work for them that evening? Look, they were the better team that evening, regardless. But there was something brewing there all week. Look, I think the fact about it is that game was a lot closer. You know, I think it was only announced maybe a couple of days before, so it was brewing for a week, and eventually it came to it came to a head. You know, this is one from a lot further out with regards to the the Kerry Cork, so you would expect it to be resolved a lot sooner than than the week leading up to the game. But I think certainly for Kildare, I think certain something happened that week. They got a bit of momentum, but in fairness to them, they took it onto the pitch and they used it well on on the day. Were you surprised that they were as good as they were on the day? Because like I think you guys were probably five or six point favourites, and justifiably so. And if the game had been in Croke Park, I don't think too many people would given Kildare a chance uh, going back to that day no I wasn't surprised um, with, with how good Kildare look we were we were struggling at the time as well we weren't playing well we'd been beaten by Galway in the championship we kind of we played tip the week before and we, we weren't great to be honest against tip uh, so we weren't going into the game the best of form either even though we were hoping like say in 16 like in 17 when we were going through the qualifiers we steadily got better as the weeks goes on um, and of course you were hoping that was going to happen again and that Kildare game was you know if we got over that you know maybe we would have improved a small bit more for the following week but Kildare sniffed an opportunity in fairness to them they, they took it on the day Yeah I think in fairness the rest of the country were kind of assuming that you were going to get better week on week because we'd seen we'd seen that movie before and you'd arrive mm-hmm. in an All-Ireland semi-final or an All-Ireland final and just put in the best performance of the year yeah, and look at that's that's exactly what we were from what I remember what we were talking about at the time. But literally, you had to take one game at a time. And if that game had been played in Crow Park, maybe it might have suited a small bit more. But you could see from the actual game itself in Newbridge the energy Kildare had. If that game was in Crow Park, it might have made any difference because they seem to have more energy than us. They seem to, you know. But again, it goes back to what we we're talking about there it was the whole kind of momentum of the week and everything that came together um, was near almost perfect for them but in fairness to them they took full advantage of it too um, Just one last question about this is there any sense that if you were to go back and get into that situation again that early in the week when after Keanu O'Neill was on the, on the, on the news because I think that's the massive turning point in the week that actually if you guys had just come out and said oh absolutely we don't let's play the game in Newbridge let's go for it um, and you guys had made the decision as opposed to Croke Park or whoever ultimately getting forced into the about turn that that might have taken a bit of the heat out of the whole thing yeah I suppose hindsight is a great thing possibly so yeah I, it's something we never discussed to be honest with yeah really because um, I, I, I kind of yeah. assumed that you'd, you'd war game the various possibilities here one they're going to dig their heels in the game doesn't go ahead we get a walk through two 
uh, they dig their heels in and the game goes to goes to Newbridge and if that's the, if the second case is going to be the case if we should be the bigger men here a little bit like Kerry were like you said last year now and ultimately they might regret that <laughs> the way that one worked out so I don't yeah. know maybe maybe it's, yeah yeah, and look, and it's different. Look, maybe at the time management might have discussed it amongst themselves. I'm sure they obviously did, but I, I, I definitely don't remember us sitting down as a group and coming together and seeing what we're going to do here. I think we just let the powers, powers, sorry, the powers that be, deal with it at the time, and obviously they came to that came to the conclusion, possibly with the blessing of our management. Again, I don't know. Right. I'd have to ask Stephen Rashford. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. And the uncertainty of the venue didn't actually feed into the lack of energy. You don't think? Ah, look at it again. It's so it's so hard to know. Um, like actually going back to the game itself, it was such a brilliant. Like it was blistering heat. It was a brilliant atmosphere there. So it probably added to the whole occasion. Realistically, if that game was in Crow Park, what would it have got? Maybe fifteen thousand or something like that with the double header. Maybe a small bit more. But it, like it was a super. It was a super atmosphere and a super game despite obviously the result for us but as you said I think the energy especially from the Qatar crowd like they were they were up for that as soon as we got there and there was a bit of a siege mentality so look it kind of goes back to what you're saying from from earlier on that you know it can lead to that if it develops that far from Cork but I think what I mentioned there it's so far out from it here at the minute like Kildare had a week really to get all this done and hold that siege mentality Cork nearly have to hold this now for, for whatever it is, three, four, five weeks. You know, it, it's a very hard thing to do in that space of time. It is very hard to do, particularly like if this was a game that was kind of 50-50, you could see mm. the benefit in, in continuing to hold out. But it's against the best team in the country at the moment, or certainly we're going to get a, a good um, idea at the weekend if they're that much further ahead of Mayo than some people think, or if that's 50-50 at the moment as well. So... Look, we'll wait and see how that story develops. Talk to me about where you think Kerry are at the moment with regards to the rest of the country and, and by by that token, just how important this game is for them really to make sure that they keep ticking over and that they don't, you know, that they're, they're not in any way taking a backward step for the next couple of weeks. I, I think it's really important for Kerry in the in the fact that they it's clear they've targeted the league from the start. They've wanted to win this league. You can tell by Jack O'Connor's teams and the way they've gone about their business from week to week that it's been a clear target from then that they've, they've wanted to win the league. The other side of that is then they're not realistically, we've talked about Cork there, they're going to be in an iron quarterfinal. So that's going to be probably their next real big test um, after Sunday, which is a bit of a waste. I'm not sure what exactly it is. I think it's seven or eight weeks or something like that. So in that regards, it's a huge game for Kerry. Um, other side of that, the flip side of that, Mayo, I don't know had they intended to be in a league final. Um, I, I don't think that was the plan at the start, but now they're there. They really have to go for it. So for both teams, I think I think it's almost a, a, a must-win game. But go back to Kerry, it's, it's a funny one. I think there's still a lot of question marks. I think they have been the best team in the league. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I think there's still question marks over certain areas. Obviously, the, the goalkeeper is a big one at the minute. Uh, they don't seem to have really nailed down which keeper they're going with. I think that's going to be very interesting come Sunday. Will you talk to, um, talk to us a bit about that again? Because you've a little bit of experience with this. Generally, it seems mm. like at some stage somebody was generally the number one, but there was certainly in Mayo a, a period where we weren't quite sure who was going to be in goals. I don't know if you guys always knew at the start of the week what was going to happen and if like uh, kickouts and training were always practised with whoever was going to be in that week, but there were certainly significant changes made. If you're in the carry dressing room and you're a defender at the moment, what impact does it have on you that you're not sure who the goalkeeper is going to be? Well, I suppose it just comes down to certain things like keepers, like most keepers have different styles that they're kicking and different ways they're kicking and you know nearly which who prefers what and what runs to make. So if you're running for a ball, you know, okay, the keeper likes this kick, this particular keeper likes that kick. 
Whereas in your your other choice keeper, your second choice keeper might might particularly prefer that kick, but he could be very good at at a different angled runner. And look at it, small little things um, that all add up to it. But the, the Kerry one is, is a really interesting one. I don't know was that his plan from the start to go nearly every second game and literally decide at the end of it. But I think from from Sunday, whoever he goes with on Sunday, I think that's going to be you could almost say they're they're all going well. From he's going to be the first choice for for championship. Do you notice a significant difference in terms of performance? In Kerry in general? In Kerry between the two goalkeepers? Um, I, I found very little, to be honest. I think Shane Murphy might have a slight advantage on, on his kicking, um, on, his, on his overall kicking, and maybe his range of, range of kickouts that he has, both short and, and long. Um, I'm not sure how good he is at other aspects in regards high ball, um, and leading the defence out, out that way. Um, I think Shane Ryan might be actually better with that and I'm nearly more comfortable in that aspect and possibly coming out with a small bit with the ball as well. So I think if you could fold them into the one, they'd nearly be the perfect keeper, but it's a, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one at the minute for, for Jack O'Connor. I think it's going to be very interesting to see which one he goes with on Sunday. I have a feeling he might go with Murphy on Sunday because he is the better kicker against Mayo. Um, but again, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see. What difference in your game plan was it whether or not Clark or Henley was playing? How how did your game alter? In our particular game plan, yeah. To be honest, not a whole pile. Not 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 nothing really worth talking about. Obviously, what we're talking about, Clark and Henley were two keepers, or you know, obviously Robbie now as well, are two keepers really. Um, that were were good at so many aspects of their game. So there was very little between them two boys. And either the one of them could have played in any given day. Um, these, uh, you know, Shane Murphy and Shane Ryan, I don't think are at that level yet, where they're they're they can be talked about with David Clark and Rob Hindley. I, I don't think, but obviously there's huge scope for improvement in that either. But for us at the time, it didn't make a, it didn't make a massive amount um, on our on our game plan. Definitely not. Okay. The other thing that's been very noticeable about Kerry in the league is the focus they've had on not conceding goals and mm. defending in numbers and defending in patterns and being ultra defensive in, in some ways and we're all uh, penciling in the arrival of Paddy Talley in the backroom team as, as part of the reason for that. Is it as simple as that? Is that just the uh, the obvious answer is actually the correct answer in this case? Possibly so but you'd have to say Jack O'Connor as well like you know and Jack is, is fairly ruthless obviously I don't know him but I, I just even go back to his interview after the Mayo game you could see how, how, how determined he was and how much that game into him um, you could imagine him in the dressing room at half time beforehand talking about tackling, talking about turning Mayo players over. And you can see it's coming from him as well, as well as, as Paddy Talley. But I think, look at Jack O'Connor, got him in for a reason. He, he was very good at that, possibly the best defensive coach in the game, if that's what you're looking for. So he got him down for a reason. And you can see they're they're really focusing in on that um, for the league. Obviously, Ty Morley has been playing at six. It'll be interesting to see what Mayo do there next week. Will they put someone there that he's going after Mark? Or if it's the likes of Aidan O'Shea possibly who will play at 11 and go a bit deeper, that'll probably suit uh, Tyg Morley and the role he wants to play with just dropping off and, and covering off in front of Tano Sullivan and Jason Foley. So it'll be really interesting to see there how, how that pans out. And obviously you've got um, Adrian Spillane and, and Darren Moynan really who are coming back really as extra defenders and Paddy Clifford in certain scenarios as well, coming back as extra defenders. And as you said there, they're group tackling. They're really group tackling and they're getting numbers around the ball carrier, which they did to great effect, uh, certainly against Mayo in Tralee that evening. But conditions allowed for that. Conditions allowed for that kind of group tackling and turning over the ball. So it'll be very interesting to see 
in Croker on Sunday, hopefully in better conditions. I think rain is, is promised uh, on, certain, on, certain, okay, on certain time of the day there, but it certainly won't be anything like the storm that was in Trudy that night. Okay, so that, that's kind of the, the difference, I think, a little bit from uh, this year's Kerry to previous year's Kerry. What, what have you seen in the league about Mayo that suggests there's an evolution happening? Because Horan never struck me as somebody who would rest on his laurels and go, okay, like we were, we're just there, we just need to do things a little 1% or 2% better. It was always like, well, what else can we do that, uh, when it comes down to it, if we need to shock the opposition or do stuff they don't understand or stuff they haven't seen before, we need to be working on that the whole way through the league campaign. What, what have they done this year that you think is a little bit different? I think the main thing they've done, besides their actual style of play, the main thing they've gone, done is uh, play so many different players and so many different positions. I think that's that's been the big thing so far. I think it's up on it was up on thirty four players last time I checked it in the last couple of games that have played significant amount of league time, which is a huge amount of time in the league. Like I said to you, Ron, I don't know was it James Warren's plan to be in a league final, um, the, especially the way that he um, had played so many players. But the fact that he is there now. They definitely have to go and win it and, t- and take carry on um, head on. What are Mayo doing different? I would say, look, early, early in the early games, it was so hard to tell because the weather was literally so bad in a lot of the games. It literally, literally seemed that there was a storm every weekend. But I think what we've seen materialise, and certainly last, certainly last weekend against Kildare, um, was they were definitely kicking the ball more. Um, so Mayo, I think certainly last year, developed into a more running team with running halfbacks, which we would have always had over the years. But I think we would have kicked the ball possibly more over the years. I think last year was mainly we were running the ball an awful lot. Um, and I think we've kind of mixed that up a small bit more. And you could definitely see that in Kildare last week, especially the the full four line that was there. Jason Dowdy, James Carr, and Rhino Dunno was the first time really in the league that we've had a big physical presence and, and ball winners inside. And you could see we were moving the ball an awful lot quicker through the lines, uh, through the foot as well. Um which obviously would suit uh, when Killian comes back. Is it? Is he? So he's in the squad for the weekend. The the one of the most unreliable things that we've had so far is the team named by Mayo midweek before a weekend game so far in the league. So I'm I'm wondering what the changes will be that we get by um, by tweet 25 minutes before throwing. Uh, where does Ed Noshay start? Does he start? And how much game time does Killian need before the championship? Do you think? Uh, look, if, if if Killian is is to play on Sunday, that has to be a huge boost to be a huge sport boost to all Mayo supporters, but most certainly the team if if he was to play or was to come on at any stage, um, ideally you'd be looking at 15, 20 minutes if you could get that intro if he is in the squad, if you could get that intro and it'd be an absolute ideal preparation. Get another couple of weeks training intro in 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 three or four weeks' time, or sorry, three weeks' time against Galway. And who's to know he mightn't be fit to start against Galway, but it could be a Colin McShane role for him uh, for what he did for Tyrone last year. If that was the case, early doors of the championship, then certainly I think all Mayo supporters would bite your hand off for that at, at the minute. But the Aiden one is 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 a is a, is a funny one. Um, I think he I think he will play at eleven for for Mayo this year. Um, I think the midfield is fairly nailed down with with Mary Ruan. And Gordon Flynn, I think they, they complement each other really well. And you'd have to say Gordon Flynn is probably playing the football uh, his career at the minute. So um, there's definitely no taking him out of there. Um, I don't think Aiden is, is a centre half back. I don't think he's a six. So I think his best position for Mayo is because he can fit in a number of different aspects into his game there, whether it's coming back, tackling, making turnovers, winning kickouts, both opposition and his own, 
or, or simply being an out ball for a half back. So if you get the ball at six and you look up and Aiden is the in around the eleven position, he's he's a great man obviously to win the ball there and get you get you 30, 40 yards up the pitch. So I think there's a number of roles he can play there at eleven and I think that's where we'll end up seeing him for, for Mayo this year. And do you think he's gonna start most of the games? Because there was definitely some talk earlier in the year that he might be an impact sub, but it doesn't I don't know, it feels like it's a little bit early in his career for that. Yeah, I know it's but it's amazing. You know, he did that a couple of times earlier on in the league, and everyone was going with that. Okay, he has to be, he has to be a sub now, and he has to come on for the last twenty five minutes and, and give the give the crowd a boost and give the team boost. To me, he offers way too much over seven seventy minute period for him to to be sitting on the bench for for thirty forty minutes, whatever it is. I think I think there's no doubt about it. He's going to start to for me. Oh yeah, come championship. Okay, so you said it's kind of must win for for both of them. Obviously, there will be a setback if uh, one of these two teams loses. Who's the most likely winner in your view at the moment? I think it's a funny one. Look, I think Kerry are going to be the favourites in most people's eyes. But I think I think Mayo, look at him. I saw Mayo last week against Kildare. It was a very unrealistic game of football and that it was so open. Um, very little physical contact. And uh, Mayo kicked 220, 218, I think, from play. Um, if they can bring something like that form into the game on Sunday, um, then they're going to have a massive chance. I think just uh, around the middle eight, if Mayo can get enough, can dominate around the middle eight because I think that's where we the the advantage over this Kerry team. Obviously, their their four line goes without saying, and obviously, obviously Clifford up front. But the, the big thing for me there is. is not who's going to pick Clifford up, but how are we going to get a defender in front to to help her that man marker is. Yeah. And I, I was just looking at it there and. Would they try and do something like okay, Adrian Spillane wing forward for Kerry or, or Jeremy O'Connor for Kerry? They're not exactly going to overly hurt you on the scoreboard. Would it be a case that whoever marking them is literally going to drop off them when Kerry get the ball and and, and maybe filter back into a into a sweeper role or a plus one role and, and help out whoever's marking Clifford? Because I think this has been said before. I don't think it's a job for any particular one man. You know, you need certain. So obviously, you're going to be isolated at times, but majority of the time, you need some some cover there in front of you. So it's going to be really interesting to see where Mayo get that cover from, because literally every other carry forward that's playing there, or you're expecting to play, will have to be marked. Yeah, last time we talked, we said there's a good chance this could be a trilogy between these two teams this year. This is Mark Two, so we're looking forward to it to see what happens, and hopefully we we'll get the opportunity to preview the uh, part three as well. There's just one last question I had for you. Um, Tyrone's form in the last couple of weeks came good. It really kind of improved once they got the lads back from suspension. And yet, the story is broken this week as well, that Paul Donnelly has become the seventh member of last year's panel to leave. So, I don't know, do they care about players leaving when everything is still going well? Or is, or is it that, that bit that makes your panel out that actually means there's a bit of bite to your A versus B games that sharpens up a team, particularly a team who've just won the All-Ireland? Yeah, it's, it's it's a very funny. Unfortunately, the the seven them didn't go last year, but uh, for for on our behalf. But look at it's a very it's it's very interesting. Like it's the fact that they're dropping off one by one as well, and so late, late into the league, which it, uh, would leave you ha- having your suspicions of what's happening there. Look, I think from one to fifteen, Toronto very strong. There's no doubt about it. Uh, if you go through a team, they will. Obviously, they're allowed champions for a reason, but they will take beating from one to fifteen. But when you start going that in-depth into your panel, and we talked about Mayo earlier on, about how many players they've played and developed over the league, you know, have thrown, has there been anyone for Tyrone really that's come come through in the league um, that we hadn't known about already? Obviously, Daryl Canavan's got a lot more game time and has, had, has, has, sorry, has had a great league. But has there been... Has there been anyone new as such? No, probably not really. And they're really going into their to, to the, the depth of their panel now. And you would have to think that it's going to catch them out later on in the in the championship. 
All right, that's interesting. Colm, enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Thanks, Chuck. This chat is brought to you on Off the Ball in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out the hashtag The Toughest for more. We're talking football next. The GAA Football Preview on Off the Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag The Toughest for more.